A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison, and we've got the usual busy show in store. We'll reflect on England's series victory in the Netherlands as Matthew Mott's side become world record holders in the process. As well as that, the third test between England and New Zealand gets underway on Thursday. We'll look ahead to that and hear from New Zealand all-rounder Daryl Mitchell. We'll also build up to England's only test against South Africa, England women that is, which starts on Monday and hear from head coach Lisa Kitely. So plenty to come over the next hour or so. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, let's begin with England series in the Netherlands. They're... uh, 2-0 2-0 up and uh, fully expected to take all 30 points available in the World Cup Super League. But I'm uh, going to start off, Harmy, with one of your favourite topics. Owen Morgan, you've said uh, for the last year or so you'd have him in the team if he was averaging 15, which is good because that is what he's averaging. Does he get into England's first choice 11? I think the answer is no, not on form, not on statistics. But you still believe very strongly that if he wants to be in the team, He's in the team. Yeah, I still think he's in the team. I still think there's a long way to go to Australia. So we find you know, the, the England have got the formula that the, the want and the need. Performance-wise, statistically, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't stack up to what other options are on the table. But I think the other options on the table and the mind of Owen Morgan, I still think he's got enough in the bank to be in this best eleven, whether it be fifty overs or. T20. Um, if he's if his form is at a point where he is still struggling come October, then he might make that decision himself. Um, but at this minute in time, I don't think there's any any need to panic. I think England are playing some good white ball cricket. They have been for a number of years. Um, and I would say the only time this comes in question is possibly semi-final final. And you can't carry anybody anymore. You are literally need every eleven, every player from that one to eleven to be on form. If it goes into that, then you might question it. But up until then, I don't see the point of of removing somebody who has been so instrumental of maneuvering pieces around the chessboard the way he does, and he's so good at it. As I'm, he's still my captain for me. It's a subject that we spoke about um, during the first two ODIs against the Netherlands. Of course, Morgan made uh, made a duck in, in both games. This is what Darren Goff had to say. First of all, he, he has been an excellent captain and he's been part of that uh, emergence of an England team after a poor World Cup, was it 2015, uh, to the brand of cricket we are now playing. But the future... You've got to seriously think about it now. I think we have got people in in the team that could take over who have the same mentality as him, who have the same um, thinking of him. You've even got uh, Chris Jordan, who's at Surrey on the T20 side, who could be a good captain himself. He's doing that for Surrey now. Butler, who could do it. You've got Livingston that can do it. You've got Moin Ali that can do it. And my personal opinion... The T20 might be too late to make that change now for the World Cup. Uh, I, I think it's 
to create that um, that balance and continuity. Morgan might have to stay. But when you're looking for the 50-over World Cup now, if everyone was available, and I could just name now my, my top seven, it would be Bairstow, it would be Roy, it would be Root, it would be Butler at four and captain, it would be Stokes at five, it would be Livingston at six and Moyne Alley at seven. That would be my seven in the 50-overs. Um, and that is another, what, 18 months away. So... I would make that change. And I think, if anything, Owen might step away from the 50 overs for now. Come the India series, it'd be interesting to see what he does. But without doubt, I think he's going to carry on in the T20, the shorter format. Alex Tudor? Yeah, listen, Goffey makes some really good points. Owen Morgan, for a, a long, long time, you know, has, has done tremendously well with bat, with the captaincy. And people, like us, will always have the discussion when he's not scoring any runs. And as Harmy says, listen, he would have him in there even if he was averaging 10. I mean, that's a, it's a brave call. I, I would have him in there. Listen, I'm a massive uh, Owen Harmy says that his captaincy's worth yeah. 15 to 20 well, runs. It's just, I think it's the persona he gives while he's out there. He never really looks phased, does he? And I think that gives an air, especially to bowlers like Goffey and I, if, if your captain's back, if you've just been flayed and you've got the ball wrong and your captain doesn't look too bothered, sort of think, all right, okay, I've got away with one there. He sort of gives that ear, doesn't he? And just tactician, he's brilliant. And as Harmy says, he most probably does save runs in there, even though he's not doing it with a bat at the moment. He, he's doing that with his captaincy, with his brain, with his nous. But obviously, the question will keep getting asked if he's not scoring any runs, especially when you've got lads in the domestic game that could come in and do a job. I'm a massive Harry Brook fan. You know, obviously, one of Goffey's up at Yorkshire. For me, one of the best young players I've seen for a very long time. Has everything. Has the mindset. Likes to score runs. He's a bit of a mould for me of a bit of a Joe Root KP type cricketer. And you're moulding like two of England's very, very best there. I think this kid's got it in one. So he's someone that could come in. James Vince is always going to be talked about because he still scores runs elegantly and with a poise at the crease. So he's going to always be talked about. So you've got people scoring runs and you've got the captain of England at the moment maybe not doing so but he gives you so much and when you've won a World Cup it gives you time it gives you the power and Owen has a lot of that in white ball cricket Goffey when and we were lads growing up Mike Brealy was uh, captain of the England test team and he wasn't worth his place in the side as a, bat, as a batsman but um, his team won uh, is that something that applies now 30 years later to white ball cricket 40 years later well look being captain is an important role. There's no doubt about that. But a captain is as only as good as his team at the end of the day. You still need world-class players in there. Without them, you ain't going to win, right? Owen Morgan were captain of Calcutta Knight Riders and they had a howler, right? There's no doubt he's a brilliant captain and I'm not going to knock him for that whatsoever. There's no doubt he's been a brilliant player, especially in the T20 game. He's unbelievable. And there's no doubt He's respected throughout the world of cricket with his knowledge. I said after the last World Cup, I'd have given him the coach's job. That's what I would have done with Owen Morgan. So, right, we, we, we need your leadership skills. You're obviously well respected. He could go on and be coach to the one-day side moving forward. His ideas, his philosophy, and all the players respect him and all, they all listen to him on that. But we're just trying to pick the best team. And at the minute on form, um, as Owen's been slipping for a while he doesn't get in the best team but if England decide and I think Owen's a big part of it but I'm not in the best team but I'll still pick myself so be it right he's, he makes us a little bit weaker on the batting but his leadership skills and experience of leading in big games obviously counter that it counters it right so I'm not saying I'd, I'd be desperate for him not to be captain of England because if he is, we're still a very, very good team and probably the best in the world, whether he's captain. If he's not captain, we're still the best in the world. It just means someone else will be captain. That's my point. In fairness, before the last T20 World Cup, in the build-up to the tournament, he was lacking form and he said that uh, he would drop himself from the starting eleven. Oh, he will. He will. I've no doubt about that, Manners. I, th I think he's a strong enough personality and he's played the game long enough to realise when it's time for him not to be there. And 
if you look now, the players that have all got runs, and I said this at the top of the show, you've got Joe Root to come back into that side, who averages late 40s in 50-over cricket. So he's going to come in. Someone's going to have to miss out. You've got Johnny Bairstow, who just played one of the greatest test knocks, who's an unbelievable 50-over player, to come back into that side. You've got Ben Stokes to come back in. Where's Ben Stokes going to bat? And the natural place you look down the batting line, can you leave Livingston out, can you leave Butler out, or do you leave the captain out? I mean, I wouldn't want to be making that decision at this moment in time. And as I said, either way, with Owen as captain or not as captain, we are still a brilliant team. I think this conversation, and as I said at the top as well, I think every England fan would like to see Morgan scoring some runs, and then it stops us talking about it. But while he's not scoring some... The conversation's going to keep being had. I think I was reading something on the way in. And and someone was saying exactly the same thing, Goffey, where, you know, is he holding up this team? Really, as you said, is he is he holding it up? He hasn't scored runs. He's not playing a lot of cricket. T, T, he's not holding the team up. And the reason I say that, we've just got 498. Yes, it's against the Netherlands, right? But he's not holding up the team. Yes, we had a bit of a... After the success in the World Cup, it's been a bit mixed, our form, right? With a, with a second team, we beat Pakistan 3-0, by the way. And I could write a list of 40 players who could all play in this England 50-over side and it wouldn't really weaken our team. I'm telling you, I could pick that many. I wouldn't struggle to give you perhaps 30 names. That's Darren Goff talking about Owen Morgan's future. And to be fair, Morgan has said himself that uh, he's not looking beyond the next um, uh, T20 World Cup, which is in less than 100 days' time. He's not even talking about after that. But the pressure must be on him, Harmi, more so for the fact that it is very obvious that it is his decision alone. Because of everything that he's done, his legacy is one of England's greatest captains, full stop. And and so nobody is going to even encourage him to walk the plank nobody's going to even suggest that that he he looks for the exit or other it's completely on him and that must um ramp up the pressure on him i think it does ramp the pressure on him but even and to go that that one step further i think everything that's been changed in the course of the last six months or three months of at the ecb has been heavily you know, pushed by Owen Morgan, Brandon, Brendan McCollum, very close to Owen Morgan, good pals with him. Been around franchises for, for a number of years. Matthew Mott, similar, you know, coming in. I think of, of Morgan's had a bit to do with that. Rob Key, very good good friends with Owen Morgan. So we're trying, they're trying their best to, to keep this forward momentum and the thinking processes of this great cricket brain we've got in in, in our leader we just need him to score runs and if he scores runs then great he, he, there's not, not a problem but the pressure is the pressure is on Owen Morgan all the time because whenever you're captain you are under pressure I know you've got you know, a royalty of, of players who can come in and play and crash bang wallop and score the runs take the wickets and be this great side but you still need somebody to conduct the orchestra and I think from that point of view there's not a problem with like I said before the only pressure that comes will be the latter stages when we probably need an extra 15, 20 runs out of that middle order batsman and hopefully we can we can get that. But there's always pressure playing international cricket, but I think his brain, his mind, that frees up. The one thing I wouldn't do, right, if we're talking about change, who becomes captain, well, the person that becomes captain is Joss Butler. I ain't putting any, I ain't putting any pressure on his shoulders at the minute. All I'm saying to Joss now is there's your bat, that white thing that's coming towards you, just keep hitting it as far as you, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't clutter that mind with polling changes or who should be playing or who's not and everything that comes with it. you just got to remember that fact as well, that if Morgan's not captain, Butler's captain. If Butler's captain, are we devaluing the product by putting stuff in his mind he doesn't need at this minute in time? That's where I keep marrying up. Owen Morgan's one of the best all-rounders you know, that England have had because he doesn't bowl, but the way he goes about his job and captains a team, that for me is better than any any sort of second string to a bow from a, an all-rounder's point of view. That's why he stays in the job. We've been talking about Owen Morgan since the last T20 World Cup. And do you remember he said that if, if he needed to be dropped, he would drop himself. He said he wouldn't hesitate. So, um, I mean, that's where we're at, isn't it? That's where we're heading. I mean, you've already touched on it. He's going to take the team. He's going to captain the team. Um, in Australia at the next T20 World Cup. He's going to play in the early rounds. If he doesn't score runs, when we get to the semi-final, 
He well, might have to. You, you've touched on he it. He might have to. He might have to. Um, that might might not, it might be a no brainer. He might might not play tomorrow. But I think looking at the group and seeing the, the what they've got, does he have another game? Go and get runs after sort of two notes, or does he try and move things around again and right, just take myself out of it? Give you know, give give somebody else a game because gotta remember, Joss didn't have a bat the other the other day. Sam Curran's got to come back in, got to play. There's no, there's no question whatsoever. And one of the left armers, I'd like to see Luke Wood or or David Payne get a game. So one of the batters might miss out tomorrow to give you know a, a chance for somebody else to to have a go, which would mean Ali moves up one, Willie moves up one, then. Curran and Cass, so they've they've got enough batting in that depth in that middle order. Owen Morgan might feel, you know what, I'm going to leave myself out tomorrow. Could he move straight into a coaching position or a management position? Or, or I've always been of this theory that you 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 have to have at least twelve months garden leave or golf leave before you go into the. Coaching. I think golf leave, racing leave. You got to remember he's an Irishman, so you know the, we all they all love their horses. Look, I think it would be foolish if. Owen Morgan wasn't kept within the system of the England and Wales Cricket Board, like Andrew Sir Andrew Strauss. I think it would be foolish if that happened, if there was no um, Morgan to advise what is what is going on. Because from a, like a thinking, you know, the, the brain, the cricket brain that he's got, you know, they're losing out on that. I don't think they'll lose out on Owen Morgan. And if it means he goes and coaches in the IPL, he goes and die, does does something in the IPL, does something in franchises. He's still around English cricket in some shape or form, and that could just be an advisory role, like what Andrew Sir Andrew Strauss has been. You know, he can't Strauss. He can't give his time as much because obviously the the family situation that that Sir Andrew's he has with the boys at the minute. But ECB are smart enough to keep Sir Andrew's brain in the game, and I think I don't think Rob Key would would uh, would not want Owen Morgan and that that side as well. Just very quickly, do you think he's still got it? I mean, you've watched a bit of the IPL. He did look a bit scratchy there, but as far as England are concerned, he hasn't been in the crease long enough to know whether he's still yeah, got it or not. Yeah, but that, that's 2020 cricket, isn't it, man? It's a shorter format of the game. They might just need to go out there and think. And Tomorrow might be the, the, the perfect time and go, you know what, I'm going to be a bit selfish. And he, he deserves to be a bit selfish. I'm going to be a bit selfish here. I'm on about 30 balls. And if I've only got 10, then so be it. I'll get 20 or 40 and then I'll get sort of 30 or 45 and try and go down that rear, that that road because no matter what England get they'll they'll get enough runs to to beat Holland. Possibly that would be something Matthew might be saying to Owen Morgan if he does play tomorrow. You know, go and get go and get 10 off 30 balls and then build from there um and get yourself back into a, a little bit of touch but when he comes back he might have to play a few games Middlesex-wise um, and hit the ground hard. You've got to remember the hundreds coming up as well, and he's 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 gonna he's gonna play a lot of cricket between now and the end of the summer as Owen Morgan. So at, the, at this minute in time, I'm not you know, hugely worried. Just a word on the Dutch side: um, Fred Clarsen and Paul van Mikkeren have uh, both been made available to play for the Netherlands in the the third ODI, so they'll be a bit stronger there. The original plan was for Fred Clarsen to play for Kent tonight in the Blast, and then get to Amsterdam on Wednesday morning. I don't know how they were going to do that. Maybe he would have had to miss the start and uh, hope that uh, the Netherlands <laughs> batted first. But it would be ironic if uh, if Morgan. Maybe even put some stuff up the order, you know, come in at three. Yeah, did you give himself a chance, buy himself a chance. But with them two players coming in, that makes the Netherlands side a lot stronger. And that for me is what the contest is all about. And it's hard for it's it's hard for the Netherlands. Not because you know the 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 knock the players the players are rightly staying with county cricket because it's the job, it's their livelihood. The the ICC, the the county system, the ECB, I think all can get together and help the emerging nations make some more money. And if they make some more money, they can make their players more professional. And if they make their players more professional, when England play against Ireland, Scotland and, and the Netherlands, it's more of a fairer contest. It's a better contest. But at this minute in time... We are where we are where we are at this we are in 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 the in the series and um I think we'll be an ice on a kick tomorrow if Owen Morgan goes and gets a fifty. If he goes and gets fifty, you're not asking you know huge amounts. He just goes and gets and spends some time in the middle. 
I think coming away from Holland, England and said, you know what, we've done a professional job. Our players have performed. We've been a good ambassadors for the game um, with an emerging nation because um, the crowds have been great and the boys have been great with the crowds. Some of the pictures you see from the side, they've been excellent ambassadors. And I think all in all, it will be a good series. And a reminder, you can hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the third and final ODI between the Netherlands and England here on TalkSport 2. We'll be on air at 9.30am on Wednesday morning, ahead of the 10am start. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison as we continue to build up to the third ODI between the Netherlands and England, which is live, exclusive on TalkSport 2 on Wednesday morning. And now, as promised, let's hear from current England all-rounder Sam Curran, who was talking with John Jackson. So, Sam, how are you feeling uh, after your injury? We've heard from the coach saying that he's been managing your return. How's it all going? Yeah, great. I think, um, obviously, the plan was to come here and not play every game. It's kind of get get my body used to that 50-over cricket again. I haven't played 50-over cricket in a long time. And, um, obviously, after a long injury, it's just about being careful and building up in the right way. So, I got through the first ODI and um, hopefully i get through tomorrow's game as well. How far off are you from bowling those longer spells? I don't think there's a real time frame on it. It's just obviously how my body pulls up after these games. 50 overs is obviously a lot on the body. And then my obviously aim as well is to get back playing four-day cricket and hopefully back into the test side. But um, that's obviously don't look too far ahead. Like I said, it's um, building blocks, but um, the way I've progressed is going really well and hopefully it can continue. Now you're in slightly unfamiliar territory, being surrounded by left arm seamers on this tour. Uh, is that something that worries you or is it a case of, you know, everyone brings their own thing to the team? No, it's great. Um, we're saying they've never been on a team or where there's just pure left armers. It's normally the only kind of left arm with three right arm seamers, but um, it's great to have a group of left arm seamers. Um, there's obviously a lot in county cricket um, and on this tour it's been great to obviously for me to pick their brains and they can pick my brains. So it's been great to just learn off each other and the way the guys are bold in these games has been great as well so um, it's been great to have everyone around. Now we saw you play in that first game out here the the record-breaking game and obviously you sat out that second game what's your experience been of cricket in the Netherlands having been on the field and having been able to sort of watch a game and, and watch what the crowd are like? Yeah it's been great what a place to play I think um, obviously the way the English fans in the Barmy Army have come over to, to here has been awesome the atmosphere has been pretty incredible the facilities and the ground that we're playing on you get airplanes coming over during during the game is cool. Um, it's very different. It's obviously an awesome place to tour um, and uh, the way the guys have played has helped as well. So um, the guys are really enjoying it. And I think the Barmy Army have been enjoying the delights of Amsterdam as well from uh, what I've seen online. Now in terms of the new coach, has he said anything to you specifically or has he just encouraged you to do more of the same? Yeah, I think he's obviously coming and he's come with his own ideas and stuff like that but it's just kind of He's just made us keep doing what we're doing, making sure we're doing the right things. And for me personally, it's just about doing what personally you do best. And that's about just kind of going in to trying to take wickets and score runs when needed and making sure our fielding's up to top standards as well. So it's been pretty pretty similar. But um, yeah, I'm sure as it goes along, he'll keep bringing more ideas to the team. Now, it's obviously not been a very good tour for the, with the bat for Owen Morgan so far. What do you make of the criticism that a lot of people have been sort of throwing his way? And what, what do you think makes him such a good leader? Yeah, well, I think it's the great thing about this team is that everyone stands up at different times, and I think that's what makes it such a good team. Morgs is only one score away from being back in back into form, and off he goes again because he's such a quality player. He's a quality leader, like you said. The way he leads us out in the park there is is obviously great, and um, it won't. I'm hoping for him and for the team as well that he'll be getting some runs very soon because when he's getting runs it just adds another quality player to that batting lineup and um, yes with a big July coming up as well it'll be great to see him back in form and hopefully having a good summer for England. Yeah you've obviously got those games coming up in the summer back home against uh, India and South Africa how do you think this series sets up the team you know is it is it a case of the opponents are strong enough there's been a, a sort of few comments that maybe playing the Netherlands hasn't been you know the greatest preparation because they're not really challenging you? Yeah, it's great. I think the way that to get the group back together again and um, get those formations and things like that going is obviously important. And um, But no, it's been great just get that form, get 50 over cricket going again. And um, I'm sure it's a good lead into this series against India and South Africa. Now, Jason Roy got his 100th cap on uh, Sunday. What, what do you make of Jason? What's it like playing with him both for Surrey and for England? Well, he's standing right there, so I've got to say something nice. But um, no, he's obviously a very important player for the team. And um, the way he's come out and played yesterday as well was very, very nice to see. And I've obviously 
played a load of cricket with him at Surrey um, and to play 100 caps is an incredible achievement. Um, just shows the quality player that he is and um, I'm sure he'll be playing many, many more games and scoring lots more runs. We could see brothers playing in the test team. Uh, obviously, your teammate Jamie's been called up to, uh, to that third test team. What's it like playing with your brother and would you give him any advice? Yeah, it's obviously great for Jamie. He's done incredibly well for us at Surrey this season, um, obviously moving from Somerset a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, it's awesome when you play with your brother. It um, almost takes that pressure off. It almost gives you that feeling that you've got someone who's pretty close to close to you and knows you obviously growing up together you have those back garden days which I'm sure Jamie and Craig did and um, yeah if they do play on on Thursday it'll be an incredible moment for them and for their family because um, they're two great cricketers and um, Jamie definitely deserves this chance he's bowling really quick as well and um, he's batting really well at the bat so um, hopefully he does get his 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 go because I think he's in really good form and um, he'll be a great addition to the test side and obviously Surrey are doing very well this season under under Gareth Batty who's part of our commentary team for the game on Wednesday uh, is there anything you'd like to say about Gareth Batty in terms of how he's transitioned from being a, you know, a veteran player to being the coach and doing so well straight off the bat? Yeah, it's been incredible, obviously. Like you said, Bat's going straight from almost in the playing squad to kind of into the coaching st- setup as well, taking over from Vic. He's been amazing, the amount of energy that he's brought to the group and um, his obviously knowledge of the game and knowledge of the club's been great for us to just keep going in the right direction. Like you said, the Surrey boys, we're having a great season and um, he's been very big on us not getting complacent and making sure that we keep working hard and training hard because the season's long and we've got to keep, there will be downs coming along, but it's a way we can keep that momentum going and um, yeah, he's obviously I'm really happy for him he's a great man and um, a very good coach as well so um, he'll be really enjoying his time I'm sure now finally we know you're good friends with Ollie Pope we saw the video of him celebrating the test win with a a dirty kebab is there anything you've got planned to celebrate if you win that third match and win this series 3-0 I think we got a really early morning flight back on on Thursday but um, I'm sure the guys hopefully if we can win 3-0 we'll well, obviously, Amsterdam's a great place, so I'm sure we'll have a beer after the game just to enjoy it, yeah. That was Sam Curran talking uh, to John Jackson and a nice little touch um, at, at the end. Amsterdam is indeed a great city to celebrate. <laughs> uh, what did you make of uh, the England players after the after the Trent Bridge Test match? Being... I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. 3.30am, I thought it was impressive that they were still on their feet. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I keep saying, we've said this many, many times, a good job there was no camera phones or social media when we were around because that, that was an often an occurrence that but it was normally in the middle of a game we would uh, you, you, especially when you were playing county cricket you'd see lads coming out of nightclubs at 2 o'clock in the morning kebab shop and then be ready to go at 11 o'clock the next morning so the one thing I will say about what it looked like they were well well behaved and you know sportsmen get a lot of stick when alcohol comes in and social media comes but they were very very well behaved there was no you know there's no um ill-mannered stuff and they were looked all together and it looked as though they've had not only a great time off the field on the field they were looked as though they're having a good time on the field and you know that that was I, I thought it was a good a good video and um i thought it was hilarious to be honest and i think we should give mega munch a, yes a, definitely a, a punt yeah definitely <laughs> it looked, looked like decent grub it did look like decent grub and it looked as though joe was in charge of the the, the whole lot and it just shows you what a you know fantastic human being he is it looked as though he was the one that i think he's obviously seen the camera very very early so he's he's on his guard um, but made sure not only does he make sure his teams <laughs> his teams get enough runs to get by, he also makes sure they get enough recovery at the end of a long day with kebabs and chicken burgers and things like that. Good on him, very good on him. Back to the back to the ODI side, Bryden Cass. Now his first over was uh, an eye opener, wasn't it? He started eighty one uh, miles an hour, eighty two, uh, eighty four, eighty three, and then ninety two. Mm. Um, Boy's got pace. He's got pace, uh, and he just—I'm just wondering about whether he's the new Liam Plunkett. Yeah, it's a good—it's a good shout. It's a—it's a very, very good comparison. Um, I think his batting will come on as well to get to the level that Liam's did. Liam was a Liam Plunkett was a fantastic cricketer for England. I think he was—I wouldn't—I wouldn't say he was underrated. Uh, I think he might have been undervalued by the general public, knowing how good he was. He you know, lost away in the middle of his career, but I thought, you know, he's a World Cup winner and he gives so much to that team when things aren't happening. He'd run up and bang a length out and make it very uncomfortable for batters in the middle, middle of the game um, on, on a pitch which is probably slowing down and the ball's getting softer. And I think Bryden Cars has got a chance to be that, that sort of Liam, Liam Plunkett heir apparent in, the, in, this, in the side which possibly could be the, the missing link. Might be that missing... When you talk about the 50 overside, 
the one person that probably hadn't replaced was Liam, and you know, Brad Acast might have just done that. And um, David Payne's been on it. I think it's his third England squad, his third um, England uh, series. He hasn't played yet. Um, so we we know what David Willey and uh, Reese Topley can do. I uh, just wonder whether David Payne comes in. And Luke Wood, uh, the other left armer, hasn't played a list A game for three years. Yeah. He hasn't played a 50-over game for three years. I couldn't believe it. I thought that was a misprint when I read that. It's crazy, but it just looks that. These guys don't, you don't play a list of games to get recognised to play for England. England don't play a list of cricket. England plays a 50 over version of 2020 cricket. That's it. They just play 20 overs and go, keep going. And that's, they get to 50 overs and hopefully we've got a big enough score like they did in the first ODI. I'd like to see Luke Wood get a game. I'd also like to see David Payne get a game. Two good kids who have worked so hard to get themselves in the squad where they fit in. Like you say, I, I think England have got enough in whichever 15 to play. I don't believe Rhys Topley will play tomorrow. I think his body tells you that. I think three games in a short space of time. Got to look after him because I think he's the one that's pole position from the left armer's point of view. If they've gone over from an audition point, I think Rhys Topley is the one that's in pole position to to make that squad to go to, uh, to play if everybody's fit if they want a left arm option. Um, Sam Curran will come back tomorrow. I think that's a given. I think he was right to be player one, miss one, player one. Um, and we know what David Willey can do. So I, let's have a look. For me, let's have a look at David Payne, um, Luke Wood, Bryden Kars, Sam Curran and the two spinners. And I think you know, that's a well-balanced, it's a good attack. Got a bit of pace, got a bit of power. I think David Willey, you lose a little bit of batting, but you're replacing him with Sam Curran. I think all in all, it's a well-balanced side. And finally... Do England try consciously to get greedy tomorrow? Do they, if they bat, do they, do they, you know, have five hundred in their minds from the outset? Or? I don't think they do. I just think this is a well. I think this is such a professional team. I think Owen Morgan. The, the thing that I love about Owen Morgan more than anything else is his respect for the game. He respects that game, this great game of cricket, in such a way. I don't. I think if England get five hundred, it's because they've had a good start. They've kept going and kept going and kept going. At it. I don't think England will have even contemplated. Right, let's break all records. Come on, let's be arrogant and break all records and go and do that. That's not what Owen Morgan is. I think Owen Morgan is a is a very professional guy who respects the game of cricket. I think if you look at our teams, you know we can go on. We can talk about uh, performance till we're blue in the face. The one thing I think we've got to be proud of is the respect our uh, and ambassadors, our cricketers are. And I think because of that, I think if 500 comes, it's because, like in the first game, they've got off to a good start, set a big platform, and Joss does what he does. And, you know, you got to remember, Joss didn't bat in the second game, so he didn't need to. So the one thing I'd be interested in is where's the toss go if you're Holland and you win? Because you're going... <laughs> Well, the first game was a little bit from a financial point of view. If we, if, if they're back first, we've, there's a good chance we'll play a 50 over, 50 over if we hang in. Then the second game was, I don't fancy chasing 500. And even on a wet ground, I don't fancy chasing 500. So I'm not sure where, where Holland will stand if they win the toss tomorrow. And a reminder that uh, whoever bats first, you can hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of that third ODI between the Netherlands and England right here on TalkSport 2. We'll be on air at at, uh, 9.30am on Wednesday morning ahead of the 10am start. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and uh, the one and only Steve Harmison. Next up in part three, we'll look ahead to this week's third and final test between England and New Zealand at Headingley. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed. Now available, as always, via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. OK, attention now turning to Headingley, which will be breathing a sigh of relief that uh, international fixtures are taking place as scheduled, um, including uh, the third test match. Jamie Overton's been called up to the 14-man squad. Uh, to join his uh, twin brother, Craig. I'm not sure that he'll get a game. But then we are hearing that Jimmy Anderson is uh, going to be rested, uh, Harmy. So, I don't know. Um, if, J- if, if Jimmy is rested, who takes his place? I'd like them to have a look at Jimmy Overton. I really would. Um, he's a man after my own heart. You know, the, One goes down the leg side, one goes down the offside, and an absolute <laughs> beauty to knock somebody over, knock a good player over. I can think of somebody that used to do that quite regularly. Um... <laughs> I, I would have a look at him. I, 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 we've seen Craig. We know what Craig's about. Parkinson isn't going to play. Why not? Because he would have played before now if they thought he was okay. he was up to the up to the challenge and up to the game. But you two 0 up. But you, you're playing for ten points. You know, and I don't think I don't think for one minute England will qualify for the World Test Championship final. It would be fitting in this new regime and the way their thoughts are to play Parkinson instead of Leach and play Jamie Overton instead of Craig Overton. If you're going to go and chase 280 on the fourth innings, fifth day pitch and go the way you've gone, when you come to pick a side and you want to play that sort of expansive brand of, right, we're going to, we're going to tackle a game head on, then you'd think we're not going to play safe. We're going to play you know, players who are potentially going to take wickets for us. Um, but I think Ben Stokes has stood by Jack Leach and I don't see that changing especially for this test match. I think Jack will play. And I look at it, Jimmy Anderson, I would rest Jimmy. Just mm-hmm. for the simple fact is I want him for India. I want to be India. India going home, I want I want the best team possible. I want my I want everything I possibly can to beat India in that test match after what happened twelve months ago. So <clears throat> I looked at Jimmy in the second in the second test match. Um, was it my imagination or did he look like a 39-year-old? He did look like a little bit of a 39-year-old. Um, but saying that, once he had his kebab and he was refreshed, did he come back <laughs> he'd come back strong the next year? Um, I think we've got to be careful of having Jimmy and protecting Jimmy. And I, I would actually, if he was going to miss a game, this is the one. This is the one to miss. He goes to Birmingham against, in swinging conditions. We do, you know, I tend to get swinging conditions in Birmingham. Um, and I want him to hit. I want him to hit India with with ten, twelve, fourteen days off. Um, because no matter how much of a break Jimmy has, he always comes back straight away and he's on the money. So I, I wouldn't be too bothered that he's had a couple of weeks off. So I'd be leaving. I'd be leaving Jimmy for Birmingham, and I'd be saying to Potts and Broad, "Yes, you have another go." And I'd probably give Overton, Jamie Overton a go. Mm. I really would. I, I I really don't see what we are achieving by giving Craig a go. Other than you know, trying to be loyal and looking after, I think we've been looking for a fast bowler. We're playing on sort of flatter wickets. We've got a f- we've got a fourth seamer in Ben Stokes. We haven't really got a controlling spinner, but if we've got somebody that can free wheel, 
just take the handbrake off and let them bowl fast. And if it does, it works. If it works, it doesn't. The only the only way I'll go against that is if Ben Stokes is not 100% fit to bowl. Then all of a sudden, you might then have to go, well, if things don't go well for Jimmy Overton, he does spread and it does go does go at six and seven and over. And he's had where, a few injuries as well. Where, where, we, where are we going to get our control from? So that would then bring Craig into it. But for me, I think England are down to 12. And I think it'll be between... J Overton or C Overton, and I don't think we'll lose any. I don't think we'll lose anything by playing Jamie just to have a look. You mentioned India there. It sounds like you're still um, irked. Irked, yes, by, I am. By with them leaving to go and play in the, uh, you know, pulling out of the Old Trafford Test match. Um, I, am. I on, am on the morning of. So is there? I don't element, blame them. Is there an element of grudge uh, yes. about this? Yes. About this game, do you think the players feel that too? Uh, possibly, uh, quite possibly. I don't blame India for going. I, really I don't, do. I don't blame the players for going or wanting to go. I blame the cricket board, Indian cricket board, and the ECB for allowing it to happen. It should never have been allowed to happen. Whether it's true or not, India wanted to play the Test match series a little bit earlier or fit a Test match in that week off they had between the first and second, so they're playing five back-to-back <laughs> Test matches. But in a world where we're sending two teams to play in different countries around the world against other nations. Um, you have to be flexible now. I think there was. I think they brought the game into disrepute by not fulfilling that fixture. I don't blame the players for going one bit because of the the financial um, ramifications of not going to the IPL from an individual point of view. We talk about we talk about money and sport. We've we've just seen in golf. You know the people jumping ship from the the PGA. Brooks Kepka's gone even even today as we speak. Another big hitter's gone for money, and that's what the IPL gives the financial security of these individual players. So I don't blame the players for that. I blame the boards for allowing it to happen because that brought the it brought the game. It just lowered the standards of of, of international cricket or Test cricket because that was allowed to happen. So because of that, if um I want I want to I want to see England beat India. So I think, yeah, I think everybody does. Um, it was just pulling out, you know, the with hours to go um, the, of that fifth Test match. Um, so who does Kane Williamson come back in for for you? Oh, I don't know. I think Will Young is the one that looks mm. most vulnerable. Um, so Conway open. Conway open. Uh, Will Young. Uh, whether is everybody is Conway fully fit as well because. I think he had a he had a bout of COVID as well. So there's quite a few have had the COVID. I think it's just a case of how they've reacted off the back of it. Are they strong enough? Can they last for five days? Is it worth playing Will Young? Uh, sorry, is it worth playing Williamson and Conway, who have both had COVID in the last week? And you leave out somebody who has been at full strength. That's something that I think the the management staff will have to have a look at. Um, whether they try and you know they, they keep the status quo, the bowling it, it, options will be interesting. Whether Tim Southey carries on or whether they, they go a bit like England, like for like, and go brute force and go Neil Wagner. I think he's got a play. I think Wagner's got a play, and I think he he he's just a different test altogether for the England batsman because. His pace, his aggression. It'll be fun. And if Wagner plays and Jamie Overton plays, I think we'll have a great test match because literally it could be going at seven and over. Or we're gonna see we're gonna see some barnstorming wickets and batsmen having to play, you know, in and around this sort of chin music and hopefully we get a good pitch for it. Well there's no short of motivation in uh, the the Black Caps camp and that was confirmed. Uh, a little while ago by uh, all-rounder Daryl Mitchell. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, World Test Championship points first and, and also it's a test match for your country. So for us, we're very proud of, of playing test cricket and, and we know that every test means a hell of a lot to us. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to this third test. And, yeah, it was nice, obviously, to get three days off and for me to spend some time with my kids and my wife and, and get around London and do the touristy things that we obviously haven't been able to do the last few years with COVID and bubbles and stuff. So it's been really nice to have a few days off and it's an awesome stadium and I'm sure in the test match in a few days' time it's going to be a packed crowd and a great atmosphere so really looking forward to it. That's Black Caps uh, all-rounder Daryl Mitchell who's had a tour that he will never forget I think it's fair to say and finally Harmy, England celebrated one of the great test wins um, and I don't think the um, enormity of their achievement has really sunk in um, because it was so unexpected it was the final session you know it's England scored 160 after T. Johnny Bairstow one of the great great hundreds and I really for some reason, 
think that it's it's just slow to to um, sink in. Uh, not to the players. I'm sure they know how enormous that victory was. But for for supporters, it was also typical Johnny, because. Johnny gets when Johnny's Johnny will always feel under sort of valued under underrated. underappreciated. We haven't we've had a, we've had I have seen so many shows and talk about what a great win it was. Not much there wasn't a great deal of fanfare about Johnny. If yeah. Ben if Ben had played that innings. Yeah. If Ben had played that innings, we would have been shouting from the rooftops. Definitely. It just seems that Johnny I don't, I don't know why it's is it in this country or whatever. I love Johnny. I think he's brilliant, but he just seems to not get the headlines when he goes and does something special. That innings was ridiculous special it was and a final word we're going to come back to mega munch because <laughs> because um it was it was a beautiful celebration and uh, and you know as you said there was nothing untoward about it but i think there were maybe um a few things untoward about some of the celebrations you got up to in your day yeah oh, my it's a good job there wasn't camera phones or social media because like i said before we we did that most nights we especially in a durham game a county game <laughs> You'd rock up the next morning, but I remember, I remember munching on pizzas or burgers or whatever it was, and I remember a fitness coach and yeah, just politely having a go and saying, "What are you eating that for?" And I'm like, "Cause I'm hungry." <laughs> well, not only because I'm hungry, it's like I've just run in and bowled twenty overs in a, in a in a test match in decent heat, which is which now tells you it's about eighteen nineteen kilometers, eighteen nineteen kilometers. I've I've just done that. I'm putting I'm putting fuel back into my body. I need fuel. I need fuel because do you know what? I didn't do it very well, and I'm going to have to do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm thinking I've been for two days. That's nearly 35 kilometers. I'm going to eat what I want to make sure that my body's got fuel in it for the next day because it's just natural. You know, these lads had a sleepover and a hangover, and ah, uh, I thought I thought the celebration was was brilliant, and it just shows the human element of this England cricket team. They're good ambassadors. There was no misbehaving. There was no arrogance. They were absolutely brilliant on the field. And um, and when you win, you celebrate because that's the most important thing. That's what you play for. That's what you play exactly for. Exactly right. Exactly right. You play and for the kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have updates from the third test between England and New Zealand over on TalkSport with a following on podcast reacting to every day's play at Headingley. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmson. We've come to that uh, part of the show, part four, where we talk about uh, any other stories that uh, have brought uh, been brought to our attention by Scott Taylor, our producer, or that we have uh, found interesting. And the big one for me, um, although I'm not sure how big it is actually, is um, the test retirement of Catherine Brunt. Um, she's 36 now. She's been uh, one of the most loyal servants to, to England cricket. Um, she's retired from test cricket, but then <laughs> they don't play very much test cricket and she's going to carry on in the other two formats no, which they dominate do women's cricket. They don't, and they do dominate women's cricket, but I'm actually pleased she has because when somebody retires, people say nice things about you. And I think when they say nice things about you, it's because you've achieved something. And I think Catherine, in 20 years playing cricket for England, she's achieved a huge amount, winning World Cups, you know, winning Ashes. That's magnificent. So even though it is one or two games a year that she's not going to play, I think, I think it's nice that people are recognising what she's done for the game because along with, you know, one or two more, she's driven English cricket to a point which is, I think, has the the women's games outgrown the men's game from the popularity point of view in the last sort of two or three years because of participation, part I put my teeth in, participation in the men's game at junior level has sort of not stalled, but it's got nowhere near as gro the growth of the women's and the, and the girls' game. So when somebody does say farewell, and especially Catherine, the way she's performed, I think it's nice that you say good things about somebody like that. Talking of saying nice things, here's head coach Lisa Kitely paying tribute to Catherine Brunt. Getting Catherine up to play a test match and her loads is huge. And then obviously what we've got else in the summer uh, with Commonwealth Games and making sure that she's in a good place for that. Catherine, that was her priority. She wants to play the Commonwealth Games. Um, she wants to be in a really good spot and, and fit and healthy to do it. Uh, we know after the last two uh, test matches, 10 days after, she's really struggled. Um, and we know with multi-format series, um, they come thick and fast. So we knew it was going to be a juggle. 
in the end, uh, she didn't have the loads behind her to play in this test match. It would have been high risk. And sitting down with Catherine and talking it through, it was pretty obvious that that the Commonwealth Games was the focus and she wasn't going to get up for this test match. Um, and then with those conversations, she's gone away and thought about it and probably thought the Ashes was too far next year. So if she didn't play in this one, um, she probably wasn't going to play a test. So it's been uh, an emotional few weeks for Catherine coming to that decision and working out um, with the loads if she was going to get there. And I think um, she's made the smart call, um, and that is to walk away from test match cricket, which was really hard, and she'll be a big loss um, once she crosses that line. I think that's the biggest thing we're going to miss is there's moments in a game where Catherine gets the team behind her. You know, I look at throwing the when she got thrown the ball in the in the last ashes and how many times she got us back into the game. I look at her taking that catch um, against India on getting the girls up and about and moments like that is going to be really hard to replace and her passion and her fire. I don't know if we've got another person in the team that has that fire as much as she does and that competitive edge and ruthless. So that that bit is going to be missed, but um, we'll find out if we've got another one uh, in the wings that has the same um, white line fever. That was Lisa Kitely paying tribute to, to the great Catherine Brunt, who won't uh, be part of the Test squad. Um, England have named five uncapped players for the only Test match against uh, South Africa. And uh, so, so no uh, Catherine Brunt or Anya Shrubsalt. So end of an era, or or do you say the beginning of a new era? I think it's a beginning of a new era. I think I remember during my time, Goff and Caddick ended, you know, quickly together. Two thousand and two, two thousand and three was sort of their last Test matches, and then there was Hoggard Harmison, and they came to an end in New Zealand. In what was it, two thousand six or two thousand seven, and then Broad and Anderson. If we don't find two more fast bowlers, we'll still be going in twenty thirty. So, I, look, I think it is. I think it's start of a new era because somebody, you know, players will always stand up without with responsibility on shoulders, um, and I'm sure there'll be there'll be two in the wings to do that. Kemar Roach, um, West Indies beat Bangladesh in a really really exciting uh, first Test match. He took uh, a fifer, Kemar Roach, uh, to draw level with Michael Holding. We don't talk about the two in the same breath very often. And I, and I wonder whether that's a bit harsh on Kemar. I think it's very harsh on Kemar. Kemar's a wonderful bowler. I got to spend some time with him uh, when we had commentary on, on TalkSport 2 in the, in the winter. Um, not only in the commentary box for the T20s, but um, when he was on the field playing in the test matches. He's a great guy. What a character. Um, and a little bit like the Johnny Bairstow. A little bit like mm. the Johnny Bairstow. It's, it doesn't seem to be fashionable to say nice things about the you know, Kemar Roach because he's he's not the, the sort of six foot six big fast bowler that knocks people's heads off from a West Indian point of view, which you 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 always remember when you when you talk about West Indies fast bowlers, you think you know chin music and bounces. Kemar's not like that. Kemar hits the, the sort of the top right or the top left of of off stump, um, and he questions technique, um, and it's a wonderful achievement. Great guy, and to go past Michael Holden is no mean feat. And Plays with a smile on his face, and I think Surrey members will see him a lot more of him next year, or in years to come. Because I think, I think all being well, it wouldn't surprise me if Kemar Roach, when he finishes with the West Indies, has a, a, a spell playing for the Brown Hatters in in county cricket. Well, he's already had one. I think he'd be here for a while, um, <laughs> and it'll be great to have. Yeah, he's he's a different type of fast bowler. Um, still got pace, um, very accurate, very skillful, and an all-round good guy. That's what you need in the game. Yeah, it's a, a summer of international cricket on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. We've had uh, West Indies, Netherlands, um, England, Netherlands. Uh, we've got uh, some Irish cricket coming up. And in fact, next week on TalkSport 2, Ireland. Ireland are hosting India in a couple of T20s. I mean, wow. We do say that the shorter the format, the closer the game, potentially. But um, that's a big ask for the Irish boys. That, it is a big ask for the Irish boys. And I think not like... The, the South African series I think the, the the Indian balls might be at full strength as well you know South Africans have copped them at the right time because they played against uh, the sort of second or the third string I think there's a full strength 
India team come over. Great for Irish cricket, great for cricket in the Associated Nations and obviously they've got full status now um, and it'll be magnificent for Ireland and hopefully I'll be part of the team. Not on Sunday because I'm, I'm sunning myself in Portugal on Sunday <laughs> um, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Ireland go compared to what England have gone with the Netherlands in this last series. Okay, we've all enjoyed the World Cup Super League, um, the qualification process uh, for the for the next 50 over World Cup. Unfortunately, as much of an opportunity as it has provided for the associate nations to play meaningful cricket, it'll no longer be in existence. It'll be um, scrapped after the 2023 World Cup because the World Cup returns to 14 teams. Here's um, Netherlands head coach Ryan Campbell discussing that exact point. Our best group of players came when we were playing in the pro series, the, that 40 over pro league, which just gave us, we just don't get enough opportunities to play against great opposition consistently. And that's how our players get better. So, you know, we're hoping that, you know, let's be honest now, that the 100 competition has taken over from the Royal London Cup. It's not such a big idea, a big deal now. So having Scotland and the Netherlands in something like that might be an amazing opportunity for us, but also for English cricket. You know, getting those two teams back in against really good opposition and Scotland are a very good team as well as us. I think it can't do anything wrong, but like I say, it's really important that we're always pushing to get better opposition to play against us. In terms of the uh, World Cup Super League, it's not taking place after the World Cup next year. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Just, again, we found out via Twitter, which, uh, you know, it is quite ridiculous that, you know, when you just start to feel the game is getting promoted. And let me tell you, every associate team wants to be the 13th team. And that has driven the competition and driven the standard through the roof. And to take that away without even thinking about it really is just, I just think it's disappointing for cricket. And of course, everyone's going to say, oh yeah, but you know, the T20 World Cups have got more teams and all that. Well, who cares? It's like 50 over cricket should be also, the World Cup should be a showcase of our game, not a showcase of our elitism. And to me... Dropping the 13th team here is pretty disappointing. That was Netherlands coach Ryan Campbell, who will uh, resume his position um, as head coach at the end of the summer, having recovered from a cardiac arrest. He was speaking to John Jackson. And um, finally, Harmy, I I don't know what's going on with county cricket. I've read uh, probably half a dozen stories about the teams being reduced, about games being played overseas, games county championship games being played in the UAE. Um, and and elsewhere, um, but but less cricket does less cricket necessarily mean more quality, higher quality? I don't know. Um, I don't. I can't get my head around it. I can't follow. I don't know what's true and what's fake news. Yeah, less. I think less cricket will make it more quality. Um, members will not like it. Personally, I don't think you can get away from eighteen teams. History of our game, and I know Kevin Peterson will be shouting and screaming at me, <laughs> saying, "What you're talking about again?" Um, but this is the nature of the beast. If we can get the game down to twelve, if we can get somehow down to twelve games in four-day cricket, I think ten's not enough because we live in the northern hemisphere and it rains. It rains for majority of our summer, so we're going to have games shortened, meaningless games because of of the rain and the weather. I think if we can get down to twelve first-class matches. Um, I personally talked about the the Associated Nations not being involved. I would bring Ireland, Scotland and the Netherlands into our into our white ball cricket um, and have three groups of three groups of seven, which will give us 12 shorter format games. It'll improve the quality in their country. It will make more money in their country, which will make their countries, the Associated Nations have more chance to make their players professional, which will enhance the, the game. Um, and and I think it's better when you've got other countries around you playing like meaningful international cricket, um, and you the, you're reducing games again. You're not playing fourteen blast games. You're not playing quarterfinals and finals there. Um, and and if we can do that, then I think we'll be somewhere close. Going over to play in Sri Lanka, the UAE or the West Indies, I just don't see where that can where what mileage there is in that. Other than you, you're guaranteed to play. You know, two four-day games, you get eight days in. But the problem with that is then it'll come with cost. I look at counties now. Counties are smashed now. Counties haven't got any money now and counties will not want to um, give up days cricket 
especially the the white ball days cricket, the likes of Northampton, Sussex, you know, Somerset, Essex, they'll not want to give up the blast games because of that's what keeps them in business. So there's a fine balance, a fine margin um, of being able to have enough cricket on board which keeps people playing and that pays the bills, but also trying to reduce it to get to a point where the competition is better. And I think we've fallen, we've been lucky, I think, and fallen onto a part over the winter. We've been talking about pitches. Balls have not been good enough and the pitches have been flat. And I think because of that, there's more runs being scored. And with the runs being scored, I think that's helped the argument to say, right, we've got to produce better players, better cricketers, people that can bat for longer, people that can bowl fast, people that are more skillful. Don't have to be 90-mile-an-hour bowlers, but the 84, 85-mile-an-hours and below have got to be skillful to get wickets on this uh, with these balls on this surface. And I think because of that, we are starting to see it things come better so you know it'll be an interesting time but I think I read Lizzie's article it's a good article but I think there's uh, there's a lot of things up in the air there that I can't see happening You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me Neil Manthorpe and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison if you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up you can download the podcast from the following on feed now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts We'll be back as usual at the same time next week to look back at the third and final test between England and New Zealand at Headingley. But for now, for this week, this has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 